Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. And welcome to episode 169 of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber suited foes. This is the second episode of March 2016, and the first episode of our full blown Monster March Madness coverage. I am Kyle, and joining me here in the studio for this exclusive event, we go to Brian Cook. Hey, what's up? Rachel Cook. Hi. Charles Babbage. How's it going? And our last expert on the panel, Sane Donahue. Howdy. And we are going to be talking about the battles that have been taking place this entire month. It has been quite the upset for many, many monsters out there. Uh, I just wanted to start things off and thank Keith Foster for helping us out with this. And thank everybody who submitted their brackets for Monster March Madness. We're going to go ahead and get started with the first battle results very soon. But we're going to play a little bit of music before that. of Monster March Madness. We're going to go ahead and start with the very first bout in the Godzilla region. That is going to be the 1985 Godzilla versus Godzilla 2014. Brian Cook, I'm looking at you. What are you thinking for this particular match? I think this one's a blowout, unfortunately. 
Uh, there's just no contest. I think the 2014 Godzilla is just going to stomp all over the 85 Godzilla. You know, I hate to say it because I'm a huge fan of that Godzilla 1985, 1984, that whole first kickoff to the Heisei era. And I just love it so much, but there's just no chance. He's 80 meters and the 2014 is 180 meters and the weightage is just way off. He's just going to smash him. I don't know. I think that the 85 Godzilla, he's got those really big eyes compared to the 2014 Godzilla. He's got those little <laughs> beady eyes. Can I mean, he he, can he even see him? Like he might have some advantage on distance. If he could just get far enough away, he might be able to see him. And if he can get some sort of rocket launcher or something, he could nail him. <laughs> he could nail him. Well, let's just hope that he doesn't get distracted by a whole bunch of birds. So, yeah, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like, think, Charles? There's no question. 2014, he's like the the Bane version of Godzilla. He's so muscular. He can Bane, yes. He is very much like that. Rip somebody's jaw open and spit down his throat. Anyway. <laughs> I will break your backbone spine things. And then saying, what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, uh, it is it is a blowout, as Brian said. This is just, there's too much power, too much size. You know, this is a Shaquille O'Neal here, Godzilla. Just he'll trance all over the 85 version. All right. So I think that is pretty much a lock. We have 2014 winning the first round against 85. Moving on, we are hitting 1992 from Godzilla versus Mothra versus the original, the bad boy who came out of the Pacific and started wreaking havoc on Tokyo, the 1954 Shodai Godzilla. Now, I got to say. Godzilla from 1954 versus Godzilla from 1992, that's a lot of years, a lot of battles, and a lot of knowledge. I'm going to have to go with the 92 Heisei version. He's way bigger, he's definitely more powerful, and he has fought a lot of monsters. What do you guys think? I don't know. How many trains has he come up against, though? I mean, am I right? Like, it's it's a lot of trains probably in those years. But, I mean, you can see the real skill of the teeth in the 1954 Godzilla. I'm really disappointed that no one came up with a training montage joke there, but it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Brian, what do you think, man? Well, 54 is scrappy. He's got a lot of fight in him, but... I think the 92 version, uh, just he's going to be using laser beams all over, plasma beams, <laughs> fire breath, atomic breath, whatever. Nuclear pulse. Sure. Yeah, I hear He's ya. just going to, he's going to decimate. All right, let's hear yep. from the opposite side of the room. What do you guys think? Shodai Godzilla versus, uh, I think it's technically called Bato Gojira. Well, I, you know, I think I agree. The 92 sort of has it in hand. He's just a little more vicious. It's a little sharper, you know, those teeth. Just even overall, over the 54, the teeth have it. (laughs) The teeth have it. Same. What do you say, man? Well, Kyle. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If it's going to be... Keep that voice up, sir. (laughs) If we're going to go with sheer size alone, we've got a heavyweight versus a flyweight here. And and even though the 54 Godzilla showed a lot of reserve, a lot of durability, we've got... uh, I cannot handle it. It's awesome. (laughs) We've got a much bigger opponent here. Much more vicious opponent, one that can take on two other monsters at a time. I'm afraid he's going to he's going to wipe the floor with 54. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the 54 is going to be down at the bottom of Tokyo Bay with the rest of his uh, bones, and we are going to declare a lock for the 92. Moving right along to our next Godzilla region battle. This one, I think, could get a little bit interesting. You have the 1973 Godzilla from Godzilla vs. Megalon fighting one of my favorites, the 2001 
Godzilla from Gojira, Mosura, King Ghidra, Daikaiju Sokugeki, aka GMK. Now, as opposed as I am to Megalon as a film, <laughs> this, you can't get more done <laughs> opposing Godzilla's here. You have Godzilla from 73 where he pretty much hit his superhero stride fighting against the biggest, the baddest Toho Godzilla that has ever walked the face of the earth that was resurrected actually by the voices and the bane of the dead of the war. I just don't know how that battle is going to go. I got to hear what you guys have to say. Well, it's no question. 2001. It's just, again, I go back to size. You know, he's just, he's just got the power. He's got the shoulders that is just ready to. <laughs> look at those legs. Yeah. Look, yeah. At, look at those legs. Look at that sumo belly. <laughs> and let's not forget that, you know, mushroom cloud of a heat ray. That you is know, true. That, that is true. That simply just wipes everything off the map. <laughs> now, here's I know and because I've studied Godzilla from 2001. I know his fighting techniques. He's got it down. He's a he's not only a beam fighter. He's also a brawler. But the 1973 Godzilla, we got to talk about him a little bit. This guy can run and do a flying kick, <laughs> sliding <laughs> on his tail. <clears throat> He's pretty much not a beam fighter. He's, he's a MMA Godzilla, let's face it. Yeah, he, I mean, he's got that fancy footwork. He's got some mixed martial arts there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should bring Don Fry in for a little commentary on this particular one. Uh, I have to say that the 1973 Godzilla, while I know he's got probably the will of the people backing him, he's the people's monster there, I would yeah. imagine. Uh, I just cannot see him winning against the 2001 GMK Godzilla. I gotta disagree. I think good always beats evil. I think that, I think the 73 Godzilla is scrappy and resourceful, and I think that his goodness will be evil in the end. I think he would definitely win just out of scrappiness. He never gives up. He never gives up. Well, he doesn't have a tag team partner in this fight. He probably would not have won against Megalon and Gigan if it weren't for Jet Jaguar, and I don't see Jet Jaguar. <laughs> Plus, you know, evil will always triumph because good is it's, dumb. Is dumb. <laughs> and it also, if evil wins in the first round, it sets up a better, uh, more dramatic fight later on, I guess. I but. guess so. Well, let's call this. It's 2001. All right. Yeah. It's 2001. There's, there's no getting around it. It's a lock. <laughs> <laughs> This is a shutout, Kyle. <laughs> that is a term they use, isn't it? Shout, yeah. Shutout. Not shout out. I guess they do that too, probably. Shout out to Andy Campbell of Kaiju 101. Hey! <laughs> All right, our next round is from Godzilla versus the Sea Monsters incarnation versus the 2002 Godzilla, which is effectively known as Kiryu Goji. Now, this is uh much easier to call in my opinion. I know we're often siding with the millennium, the newer the newer monsters. Uh so it's hard. But the 66 Godzilla just has nothing on <laughs> on a newer Godzilla at all in my opinion. The 66 went to space obviously because he was the, you know, the same same one from Monster Zero and again, I love Monster Zero, one of my favorite movies, and he's got some moves, 
but he just can't beat the savageness of the 2002 Kiryu Goji, in my opinion. What do you think, Rachel? I would agree. I mean, look at those spikes in the 2002 Godzilla suit. I mean, he just... They are impressive. So, yeah, they are so big. They're so sharp. There's so many of them that, I mean, that just cannot stand up to the little flimsy, rubbery things flopping around on 66 back. I mean, (laughs) just come on. Weapons alone... How much time do you think the 66 Godzilla has been spending on that island just wasting away? Yeah, exactly. Training? I I don't think so. No. (laughs) Well, he he went into space. There's some training that's necessary there. I assume that's a scene that was cut from Monster Zero is Rodan and Godzilla training to go into space like NASA Or they were training while they were in the bubbles on the way to (laughs) Planet X, right? Mm -hmm. It's a a deleted subplot, not just a deleted scene. So (laughs) I think it could be its own deleted movie within the movie, but you never know uh, because specifically dated here was 1966. So, you know, now the 66 Godzilla did fight against Ebira and the menace of the sky, a.k.a. the giant condor. We're talking bugs and trash (laughs) versus a giant robot. That's, I mean, come on. Well, not a giant rope. Well, yes, that's true. Yes. You know, I know what you're saying. You're saying yeah. you're talking about the, the enemies. Yes. Yeah, the enemies. Clearly, that, the 2002 has a little more has more skill. Him. Yeah. If they have to create a robot for him to fight, they're not going to make a mecha shrimp. Power right? there. Exactly. Not I mean, come on. Shrimp. Yeah. Well, you know, if 2002 is a lion, then the 1966 is a plush doll with a steak staple to its head. <laughs> 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 well, at least exactly. we've got a bit of a more evenly matched fight here with the 66 being 50 meters and the Millennium only being 55 meters. That is right. So, we did go down in size after the Millennium period started. But uh, we also have a monster fighting uh, a giant crayfish, so <laughs> seafood buffet versus a monster that's uh, fought some uh, very, very ferocious opponents. All right, so I think that's pretty much it, right? We've got, uh, once again, the Millennium Series clocks in, and it's time to grab that butter and snap open a lobster claw. (laughs) Okay, next up, 1962 versus 2004. We've got the King Kong versus Godzilla Goji. Oh, my God, fighting against the Godzilla Final Wars. Now, one could argue that both are very powerful. I mean, just look at the majesty of the 1962. Those muscles. <laughs> that is true. You know that's got to be muscles. That's He's not all fat. He's got the claws. That's, that's, that's real muscles. <laughs> that's real muscles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is real beauty. Yeah. <laughs> when did this? Because, yeah. <laughs> all right. But, but then again, the Final Wars Godzilla, I mean... If we're just talking about battles alone. <laughs> At 100 meters tall, he's pretty ferocious. He's yeah. definitely ferocious. Yeah. Yeah. And Fi- he makes his way through monsters very quickly. A Final Wars is like the kaiju equivalent to the movie Digstown. You know, he's he's Louis Gossett Jr. against 10 opponents. You can't compare that to, <laughs> you know, the previous. That's true. Fighting right. an ape. Fighting you know. an I mean, ape, yes. Fighting an ape. And they're but both- a powerful ape. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A, a powerful ape. But I would, I mean, I guess- once again, man, I mean, it's really difficult to, to side with the Showa era as mm. much as I love those films because the power mm-hmm. is just not there. I mean, what are we at for the uh, Final Wars, Godzilla? I mean, that spiral heat blast alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the spiral heat blast, that's in conjunction with him being 100 meters tall and 55,000 tons. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the uh, the 1962 Godzilla, while I'm sure he'd put up an awesome fight, 
he would not be able to last against the Final Wars Goji. I just would hope that he would last longer than Gino did. <laughs> yeah. All right. Once again, that is our lock in for the 2004. These Millennium monsters, these newer, <laughs> larger <laughs> monsters, are pretty much wiping the floor with the Showa era. But I got to say, this next round might not go that way. The next battle is the 1968 Destroy All Monsters Goji versus 1989's from Godzilla versus Biollante. While we have some Heisei strength and size, I would say that Godzilla from 1989 is not uh, the kind of guy to coordinate an attack. Well, he's not a thinking animal. <laughs> he's definitely an animal Look in that. Look how small that head is. He must have a small brain in that head. <laughs> the 68, he knows where to lead his attacks to, you know, confuse the enemy, to stomp on a neck. He can also see a problem and immediately know how to fix it. And that's exactly what the 1968 Godzilla is known for. Probably one of the reasons he became so popular throughout the rest of the show era. Aside from the fact that they just had to reuse the suit. But let's ignore that and just... <laughs> he was a fan favorite, Kyle. Definitely a fan favorite. In fact, I know a lot of people that actually consider that 68 their favorite. He is one of mine. He is a legend. Yeah. He is a legend, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. So are we saying... What are we thinking here? 1989 versus 68. 68 for sure. He's got footwork over awesome. 89 all over the place. Also, 89 just woke up out of a volcano. He's groggy. <laughs> He's not ready. He's just a little stiff. He's sluggish. Yep. It's not there. It's not there for him. All he wants to do is eat, and that is not going to get him what he needs to do in the game. I mean, he needs to amp it up and be ready. All Nearly right. got swallowed by a plant, Kyle. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly, but not quite. But I got to say, that's still pretty damn lazy for a giant monster. So 68, that's our winner for this round. And we are going to go ahead and move along to the 1975 Terror of Mechagodzilla incarnation versus Godzilla 2000. Now we've got another size match here. This is a 50-meter Godzilla versus a 50-meter Godzilla. Five meters bigger, about 10 feet-ish, mm -hmm. 12 feet, something like that. I don't know meters. Matt's not his strong suit here, folks. <laughs> We've got two wily opponents, both both fast, Kyle. Saying, I love you so much, man. I really want to slip into Harry Carey. <laughs> I really... <laughs> if, if you were a rack of ribs, do you think you'd eat yourself? <laughs> I mean, come on. Do, do, do you think the moon is actually made of cheese? 55 meters versus 1975's 50 meters, right? All right, well, let's talk about what the 1975 Godzilla has going for him. This is, of course, after he's been electrified into a ginormous magnet. But that doesn't play much against the uh, 2000. It doesn't. That's true. Unless he was in some sort of armor, some sort of cyber armor of some kind. We've got a cunning Godzilla in 2000. Is he that cunning? I mean, I know he was yeah. able to size up his opponent, but that's sort of normal fare for Godzilla. And I would actually posit that 1975's Godzilla kind of beat everybody in that movie. I mean, he was fighting Mechagodzilla and fighting Titanosaurus by himself. I mean, he obviously had some silly humans helping him, but <laughs> they couldn't do that much. Uh, and plus aliens, too. And we all know how strong space titanium is. Space so. titanium <laughs> is one of the strongest elements outside of this Earth. We're also dealing with the second Godzilla that sticks his face in the mouth of his opponent with Godzilla 2000. So, again, 
intelligence low on Godzilla 2000. <laughs> that, now, see, that's weird because I would say Godzilla's intelligence was high based off uh, of that. That wasn't like, that. oh, what's in that. this giant hole here? That was like, hmm, I'm going to size up my opponent. I'm going to look at what he needs to do to me, and I'm going to make him think that he's getting what he wants, and then I'm just going to blow him up from the inside. All right. And he's got that devastating heat rate. Brian. That's true. true. That that's is true. true. That is very true. I can't say the same for 1975's Godzilla, although the 1975 Godzilla has its own thing going on. I This one's a lot harder to call for me. I want to call it 75. I just can't do it, Kyle. He's just, <laughs> he's uh, too much of a plush toy. He's a pushover. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to have to go with what you're saying there. What about you, Charles? I, you know, I'm all about 2000. Uh, just on a, on a serious note, Got me reinvigorated with Godzilla again after sure, a little sure. hiatus. I love the huge spike on the back. I mean, the spines on him are ridiculously large. That's when it's going to take it. All right, and we do know that those spines are also a weapon too. What do you say, Rachel? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. I think that yeah, just like um, the other Millennium series here, I'm afraid that Godzilla 2000 is going to take it with no question. Well, originally I was going to vote against Godzilla 2000, but you've convinced me that it was actually a very, very tactical move on his part. I'm completely turned around. I'm going Godzilla 2000. All right, Godzilla We've got an upset with Brian. (laughs) (laughs) We've got an upset with me. I was totally going to go for 75 on that. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and concede to 2000. Congratulations, Mire Goji. Now let's move on to our next round and our final round for this particular episode's Godzilla region. This is the 1974 Godzilla, the one from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, where he learned that fantastic trick of magnetism versus the 1994 Godzilla from Space Godzilla. Now we all know we just saw Space Godzilla here at the Kaiju cast. I'm pretty sure Godzilla would not have won the fight against Space Godzilla without the help of the what looked like completely useless Mogera, but uh, who ended up turning it around for Godzilla in the end. I guess I would have to go with my gut here and say that the, I'm just going to go ahead and say it again because I missed out last time. The 74 is who I'm going to vote for this round. 74, I agree. The uh, 1994 Godzilla is so stiff. He just can't move. He can move, especially <laughs> when he's being lifted in the air by some sort of strange telekinetic power and wires. From Brian and Rachel, what do you say? I agree. I think that, uh, 74, he, you know, really shows what he's worth in, you know, when he's fighting Mechagodzilla and, you know, he can move around. He can move pretty quick and he's a nimble little fella. I think that, um, you know, size doesn't always matter and you can still <laughs> size power doesn't always over matter, but they're other, true. other kaiju, even without the extra, what true, is it, five true. meters. Well, this in this particular sense, this would be a, a larger Godzilla. This let's, oh, let's actually be sure. So we're talking about the ninety-four. That would be eighty but, meter. So yeah, so that's what I'm saying is that it doesn't matter that the other one is a little bit thirty bigger. meters higher or whatnot. Still, you're still going yeah. for seventy-four. I'm still saying seventy-four. All right, can, can nail it. So I gotta say, like, just in looking back, just on this conversation, I will say that uh, Godzilla in this incarnation has so many more fights under his belt than technically the Godzilla 2000 would. What do you think, mm. Sane? This is true. Yeah. Being the, uh, just the, uh, the fact that there is no continuity between the. <laughs> That's right. We are dealing with no continuity. <laughs> he's got no other opponents that he's faced against before Ogre. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much a lock from us. Finally, we've got a lock for the show again. It's 68 and now 74. 
That takes us to our next region, the Showa region. Now, this is going to be kind of interesting. So, Godzilla, you know, we all know a lot about Godzilla and his abilities. This is where we start to get into the different monsters from the different Showa movies. We're going to start things off with a tag team, essentially, on one side of the coin, which is Sanda and Gaira from War of the Gargantuas versus King Kong from 1962. So Santa and Gyra are about 30 meters each, and the King Kong we're talking about is 45 meters. Now, I don't know about you guys, I thought there were a lot of improvements in the suits between 62 and 66, and the the gargantuas looked fantastic, but I don't think that King Kong can actually, even though he looks schlubbier, I don't think they're going to be able to beat him unless they go super savage. Sane, what are you thinking about the well, Gargantua brothers versus Kong? They are brothers. They do know how to court attacks. They know what they're thinking. They could easily swarm over Kong. But Kong does have the electrical powers. So and he is a thinking animal. He is a thinking animal. <laughs> His brain is considerably bigger than this berry. Yes, but is it bigger than a Gargantua brain? That's what we never really were able to determine. Maybe if somebody else, instead of Russ Tamlin, had been in charge of the scientific committee, we'd be able to figure that out. It's their end game, Kyle. What do the Gargantuas want? I think in the end, the Gargantuas want to not be bothered by King Kong. Kong wants victory. I'm going to say Kong. All right. Good call. Good call. What do you say, Charles? King Kong's got the power. He's He can swing Godzilla around by his tail. These guys don't stand a chance. Brian and Rachel, looking at you. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Kong on this one. This would be... But this would be the coolest movie of all time, by the way, King Kong versus the Gargantuas. Uh, but the Gargantuas, they can't work together, unfortunately. Uh, That's right. They are the, sort of opposing forces yeah, in a sense. Yes. They, they'll start as a team, and then it's just going to disintegrate, and then Kong's going to start They've got an East Coast-West Coast beef going. They do. <laughs> they've, got <laughs> a real, there's a real they've got to put these things aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the words got stuck in my throat there. Sorry. Um, uh, no. <laughs> Uh, Good job, Rachel. Yeah, you know, really nailed it. I'm a comedy queen. Um, Sanda and Gyra, I think there's two of them. I think knowing as a twin myself, um, I think twins can really team up and put their two brains together and really get maniacal about their um, plans to attack. And but are you the good so they can twin come or the evil side. twin? Oh, evil, no doubt. <laughs> um, and <laughs> there's always one. So, so even, you know, and that, yeah, exactly. With both of them, I would say that they could really, they can come on either side of Kong and they can just attack him without, you know, keep distracting him on one side. The other one could be attacking. They could really plan together, scheme together. I think they'd win. Well, I also would think they'd win, but unfortunately it looks like we've got a three to two vote against. So. so that means Kong remains king and we are going to move on to our next battle. That battle is indeed giant versus giant. God versus Destroyer. Manda versus Ghidra. What'd you think? That was pretty good, right? That was good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I dug it. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> All right, Manda. 1963's Manda from Atragon. And also with the same Manda, I guess technically from 1968's Destroy All Monsters, fighting against King Ghidra, the Showa-era terror himself. Brian, what do you think, man? How's this fight going to go? Boy, it's all Gidder on this one. It really, really is. (laughs) He's got so many advantages. Size, uh, flight. He can stomp Manda. He can electrify Manda. He can pick Manda up in all three of his heads and just start chomping on pieces of Manda. I think this is all Gidra. Manda's pretty much just along for a ride. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
The limbs take over. The limbs take over. <laughs> no content. I mean, just in in terms of like the tag team element, you've got three heads against mm-hmm. one in this, so it's pretty difficult for uh, it's going to be pretty difficult for Manda to beat those odds. What do you say, Sane? I agree. I think just gravity beams alone are going <laughs> to cook oh, this. You saw in Gidra the three headed monster when uh, Gidra hit the Mothra larva with the beams. That mm-hmm. was just yeah. I'm just going to throw these bolts out. In a coordinated attack against Monda, he's got no chance. He'll be cooked like a delicious Chicago hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our program brought today by Chicago Hot Dogs. (laughs) Our next battle is going to be very fun for me. This is Godzilla's son, Minya, versus Daikaiju Varan. Uh, Varan is one of my favorite designed creatures. And uh, as much as he kind of sucked in the movie and didn't have very much to do in Destroy All Monsters. In those terms, I would actually give Minya more sort of leeway and points for that. But there's this issue of Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, where Varan fights against Rodan. You forget with how goofy Varan looks when he glides that he can be a total badass in the air as well as on land. And I got to say... Minya is about to get shish kebobbed <laughs> on any number of those large, sharp spikes on the back of Varan's head and neck and shoulders <laughs> all the way down. What do you guys think? Does Minya stand a chance? Not at all. <laughs> I don't know. He's small, so he might be able to hide a little bit easier than other kaiju, where he can curl up into a ball and look like a rock. Possibly. That's, you know, he might have camouflage right. going for him, depending on the environment. That's not really um, winning a fight. So. <laughs> Pretty sure hiding. Verhan's just going to pick him up, just like in Destroya, like drop him from a million miles up, and that will be the end of Minya. He might bounce. He, he might, might bounce. He does look might like he could bounce. He might get some bounce to him, yeah. little Michelin Man action. What do you think, yep. Charles? No, uh, Minya's going to have an apple shoved in his mouth and put into an oven. And there's, there's no concept it's going to be some nice barbecue later or something. <laughs> <laughs> Roast kaiju, one of my favorites. What do you think, Zane? Well, we've got to remember, we've never seen Varan actually fight. Not once. That is true. The cameras have not been on him during those battles. But we have seen yeah. Minya fight a tiny bit, but I mean, just size alone, maturity level, <laughs> spikes. This winner is going to, to Varan. All right. Well, I think I'm totally fine with calling that one there. Varan wins, and we're going to move on to our next battle, Angulus versus Mothra. Now, this is sort of a generalized Showa era, but we're going to go with the 1968 scrappy Angulus versus just the general 1964 Mothra. Both monsters in their prime form, in my opinion, in the Showa era. I got to know, what do you guys think about this matchup? I'm trying to figure out how this would even work. How is Angulus even going to catch Mothra? Uh, you know, Angulus can actually roll, so I would imagine that... Uh, He's got a hell of a jump, too. He does Let's have not a jump. That. He's got to reach. His yeah. tail is pretty long, you know? It's possible that he could get a Mothra. Now, this is sort of the problem. You're, you're talking about a battle. These monsters are supposed to be attacking each other. Mothra could easily just fly in the air yeah, and not mm-hmm. get attacked. Yeah, but there you yeah. go. Angulus could saying. easily dig <clears throat> through the ground, so this is go. definitely a battle that they both have and, to agree on. And for, as much, for as much as I like Angulus, yes. I think Mothra is just going to blow him away. He's just going to flap. I would say that's the end of it. Mothra almost entirely on her own trounced Godzilla. So mm-hmm. that's not a good sign for Angulus who has been the whipping boy quite a bit yes. in his movies. <laughs> oh, this is a tough one, but I think I got to give 
the edge to Mothra. Just uh, more mobility up in the air. Not to mention the pollen spores, pollen spores. all that stuff. Yeah, bigger yeah. eyes, can see more. Way see bigger eyes. coming at her. And you know what? Yeah. Compound eyes yeah. also. That's right. <laughs> Those compound yep. eyes can really be a target, though, for a nasal horn or a spike attack. <laughs> that is true. I don't see it. He's uh, got a low center of gravity. He's heavy. He's vicious. He's got the teeth and claws. I think if he gets a hold of her, I think he's going to eat her for breakfast. I guess the real question is, if Mothra gets Angulus, what's she going to do with him? There's not much she can do, right? I mean, he's he pretty much yeah. a hedgehog. He's an armored monster. Like, it's going to be impossible for her to do much. So you're going with Angulus I for this Angulus. one? I say Angulus. I think I'm leaning towards Mothra as for as much as I don't like that. All right. Rachel, oh, I'm going Mothra. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Mothra. Again, like Charles, very begrudgingly, I think Angulus is scrappy, but I'm going Mothra. Oh, man. Well, I also would vote for Angulus there, but it looks like we've got another three to two. So Mothra is the winner. Jeff Deed will be very happy with this particular <laughs> yeah. news. <laughs> Jeff's probably at home right now going like, I had all my money on Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> This is That's a, it, baby! Woohoo, we're going to Chili's! <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next fight is Baragon versus Rodan. This is the one that pains me in my heart because I love Rodan so much. Such a great monster, so powerful, can be in the air, powerful beak, powerful claws, speed. Typhoon-like wind attacks. Let's not forget that, Kyle. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's never forget that, you guys. But Baragon has a scrappiness very much like Angulus does. It's almost, you know, we're almost kind of in that same boat here. He does have an energy weapon, though. Yes, he's that got that flame distance. breath. That's true. And Rodan, while had some sort of breath effect in the first <laughs> film, that quickly went away. That must have just been like a sore throat or something, because the Showa-era Rodan never exhibited those powers again. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think Rodan in the Showa films, especially with the other kaiju, really doesn't work as well on his own. He's got to have those other monsters for the tag team effect. What do you think, Brian? Mm, I, th I think I got to go with Rodan on this one. I think that Rodan would peck into the ground, pull Baragon out. I think it would be a real knockdown drag out, but I think eventually Rodan would wear Baragon out. You think Rodan is just sitting there going, mm, that tail sort of looks like a mega neuron. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Rachel, what do you say? Oh, I think Baragon all the way, man. He's got the strength. He's got the brute. He's got those giant ears. He can uh, sense Rodan's uh, feelings, just like Mickey Sagusa. Wait, I don't know. That doesn't okay, make any okay. sense. <laughs> 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 we'll he's got the horn. He's got... Uh, he can, you know, he's got pretty sharp teeth as well. So the second Rodan gets near him, he's just going to annihilate. He, Rodan's like a delicate bird. And it really, you know... It's not gonna. He's he's not gonna hold up to Baragon's big beefiness. Br brutal yeah. attacks. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think what we're getting here is we're we're sort of getting a tie. So what do you say, Charles? Uh, you know what? I agree with Rachel Baragon all the way. You know, I saw this. I saw this situation one time with my parents' dog where they got a hold of this bird. That's Rodan. It's, nice. It's, 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 it's <laughs> not gonna look pretty. I'm going to disagree with everybody. I'm actually going to give it to Rodan. He's 20 meters taller than Baragon. That's a great point. That is very, very valid. I mean, that's very similar to a giant bird picking up a little dog. Yes, he could easily <laughs> grab that carapace. All right, so this is, this is a special situation. You guys get to rethink your vote here. Do you still want to claim that Baragon is going to win this fight? If we're talking about a 20 meter larger monster 
Hmm, that does kind of make Baragon like a little mouse or rat, doesn't he? It makes him about the size of a yeah. corgi. <laughs> <laughs> corgi uh, versus condor. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. As much as I hate real nature, Rodan <laughs> might take it. Yeah, I might have to switch back here. He's got the teeth, the beak, he could peck at eyes. Yes. Ooh, yeah. He's held his own against Godzilla's atomic breath. So That is true. He has. He's he one has. of the few monsters that have shrugged it off. Yeah, I'm forgetting about the size difference here. All right. I think that's pretty much a guaranteed upset there. Baragon loses against Rodan, you guys. We're going to go ahead. We don't have time to even weep for the lost Baragon. We're going to go ahead and move on to one of my favorite matches that I saw coming up. Megalon versus Gigan. I think there's no contest, but I want to hear what you have to say, Brian. Megalon's got those drill arms, and he can fly, just like Gigan, who has sickle arms. <laughs> so it's it's like they're almost evenly matched, and True. they were once tag team partners. Now they're fighting against each other. There's what so much emotion to this battle. <laughs> there's a lot of emotion. A lot of emotion in this. <laughs> I, I sense a real betrayal felt on Gigan's part. Or maybe yeah. that's Megalon's part, yeah. actually. Gigan looks like he doesn't give a shit. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just bleep that out. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go, Gigan. The belly buzzsaw. Come on. That's where it's at. I think they are evenly matched, but Megalon does not have a belly buzzsaw. Sane, what do you say, man? Both being cyborg monsters. It's going to be tough, but one is a bloodthirsty opponent. Gigan has always been, uh, you know, never been afraid to draw blood. You know, even with the grenade that's you know, right, throwing yeah, yes. ability of uh, Megalon, I, I feel like his armor is not going to hold up to all the edged weapons that you'll find in Gigan. I think Gigan's <laughs> arsenal is probably too powerful for Megalon. What do you think, Charles? It's Gigan all the way. Gigan yeah, all the I, way. I have to agree with uh, Brian. The, the saw blade. It's the saw blade. Those hammer claws could crack open that bug pretty easy. <laughs> Just one belly flop on Megalon. That's it. Who dares defy the cyborg chicken from space? <laughs> Well, Megalon did, and he apparently made a mistake. Gigan is the winner. Makes me very happy, of course. Continuing on with our Showa Godzilla kaiju battles, we have Titanosaurus fighting Jet to Jaguar. Jet Jagger. What do you think, Brian? Is the giant, annoying sounded, bumpy dinosaur <laughs> that can be controlled with radio frequencies? Please can keep that in mind. Is he going to have trouble against the robotic Jet Jaguar? I think we're going to have confused signals. We're going to have two monsters just going in circles because the radio waves <laughs> is going to interfere. Uh, <clears throat> this is a, a toss-up, man. This is a real tough one. Uh, I don't know. Titanosaurus has the brute strength, the uh, animal instinct. He's got the whippy tail. He can blow Jet Jaguar down. And he's tall. And he's, he's, tall. A he's a tall much bigger. monster. He's much bigger. Jet Jaguar can change his size, though. Is there any limit to how tall he can get? That's a good question. One of the many unanswered questions from Godzilla vs. Megalon. <laughs> if only Katsuhiko Sasaki was here, he could tell us all about it. I don't know. At least he ha Jet Jaguar has full-size arms. Look at that Titanosaurus. He's got little stubby arms. I mean, he has to get real close to Jet Jaguar to fight plus, him with those arms. Plus, if Jet he's Jaguar can that. fly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Jet Jaguar's got moves. I think he's the Manny Pacquiao of the situation. He's going to get in there. 
And uh, that's a sports reference I get for some reason. <laughs> oh, went over my head. <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> ah. All right. I, I so think he's got it. You think Jet Jaguars? Absolutely. In. What do you think, Zane? Even with that typhoon tail, I would say that he's not as quick a beast. He's not going to make it against that quick calculating robot. That's what I would think too. So Jet Jaguar for me, Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar. Jet Jaguar. Oh, so sorry, Titanosaurus. Looks like you are a fan favorite, but Jet Jaguar is going to punch, punch, punch you out of this elimination round. Next up, Mechagodzilla versus Hedra. Now, these are both, of course, the Showa versions. Hedra has fought Godzilla once, put up one hell of a fight. Mechagodzilla has fought Godzilla twice. Both times put up a hell of a fight, but both times defeated by the king. Now that they're on their own... Mono a mono or mecha a monster? <laughs> How do you see this going, Brian? Wow, this one is, uh, this would be an interesting one to watch because there's a lot of endurance here, but I think Hedera would just flat out melt Mecha Godzilla over the course of the fight. Uh, you gotta put that into the, uh, he melted Godzilla's hand. What is he gonna do to metal? He's just gonna rot right through it. He I mean, does he's pretty much acid. made, that's right. He's pretty much made of yeah. the kind of stuff that corrodes metal away. But even we don't, space titanium? Yeah. Do we know <laughs> what the durability of space titanium is? I, we don't necessarily, but also don't forget Hedra is from space. He just sort of, been built up with Earth's toxic atmosphere in the 70s. That's true. And he can fly and has the multiple forms. And so he's got a lot of uh, options to attack. And he's a big monster, Kyle. Let's not forget that. <laughs> That's true. He's definitely mm-hmm. big. Uh, Kempishiro Satsuma said that it was one of the heaviest suits ever made. Not that that <laughs> matters at all for the fights. <laughs> but uh, Charles, what do you think, man? Does uh, Mechagodzilla stand a chance against the... Sultan of Sludge. No, I don't think so. I think Hedorah's got it. The idea that this metal form is just not going to hold up to the abuse of the environment. I think that's pretty much going to call it right there. We all agree that Hedra is going to beat Mechagodzilla. I think that would make a hell of a fight, but that is our lock for the last battle for the Shoah region. We're going to take a quick music break, and when we come back, we're going to continue with the Heisei Millennium region and our Monster March Madness coverage. Find it down. Find it down. With our monster March Madness coverage, we're moving into the next region, I should say, the Heisei Millennium region, and we're going to fight a whole bunch of monsters here, starting with Ghidra from 1991, fighting against Monster X from Godzilla Final Wars. This is a very evenly matched size-wise battle, but I'm very interested to hear what Brian thinks about 
the monster from Final Wars fighting the beast from the actually he's from the future past and the future at the same time yes uh, King Gugidra <laughs> and Brian's brain has exploded are you alive you okay man <laughs> yeah oh man this is this is a this is a tough fight this is a weird one to call uh I think Monster X has a little bit of fight to him like he's a savage he's where, sort of like the villain in a wrestling match right yeah, even though Gidra is a villain I'd say Monster X is more of a bad guy at heart that's true Man, and does Monster X? It does he turn into Kaiser Ghidra? Or are we allowing that as part of this? At this point in the battle, who knows what's going to happen? But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he wants to turn into Kaiser Ghidra if he doesn't need to he turn into Kaiser to. Ghidra. If you know what I'm saying. All right, Rachel, what do you think? Wow, I mean, we're talking three heads against one again. I mean, we've got the three-headed winged monster here that could just fly all over him and attack with three different laser beams and nail the guy. So I think this guy uh, might have it coming to him, even though he's a little bit taller. Monster X has a little bit less heads. So <laughs> Monster X is actually a little bit smaller than King. Oh, Gator, yeah. darn it. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. What I know. will counter with is Monster X has the thought process of three heads somewhere within mm. his, his body there. You never know what Monster X is thinking. <laughs> That's true. He might, it might be mind over matter here, folks. I don't know. He's got a lot of wit. Now, I haven't put too much stock in the villain from Final Wars before. Sane, what do you think, man? Is Monster X going to get killed by King Ghidra? I absolutely think so. I think those gravity beams are going to slice him to ribbons. But they both have the ability to fire those gravity beams. And they beams. both I got think. constricting powers, depending on which form we're talking about. <laughs> I think we're in, I think Monster X could be in trouble here, Charles. Uh, you know, I feel like 91, he's just lacking the coordination in all those three heads, and that, uh, that Monster X just might have an advantage here. He's pretty spry. He's got a lot of, uh, what is that? term that I'm looking for that my brain is not thinking of. Moxie? <laughs> Moxie's a good one. But I was thinking he's, he, Monster X is very agile. He's got those twin tails and he can jump around whereas King Ghidra is kind of big and bulky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and one problem we've always seen with King Ghidra is the lack of focus in those heads. They just go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they bounce around like they are attached to wires from rafters. Yes, they do. So I guess I'd have to personally, I'd want to see King Ghidra win this one, but I think I'm going to have to side with Monster X because yeah. I really want to see what happens in the next rounds, it, too. It's Monster X. Yeah, Monster X. Monster X? What do you I say, Rachel? <laughs> you don't have to be, you don't well, have to concede if you don't want to. Yeah, I'm with Rachel. I actually well, think 91 Ghidra's got it. I kind of think I'm, I'm leaning towards Ghidra. I'm sticking towards him. All yeah, right. that three head. Well, that's still three to two Monster X winning, but that's a pretty good fight and would mm -hmm. make an awesome battle on the screen at some point in our lifetimes. <laughs> Moving on to our next battle. It's going to be an interesting one as far as I'm concerned. I know I keep saying that, but Biolante versus Mothra from GMK. Biolante absolutely has a size factor going on. It's no contest if we're just going by size, but unfortunately, Mothra's got the agility there. What do you think, Sane? We're talking about the Mothra who can shoot pellets of stingers at her opponent, whereas Biolante can vomit up acidic <laughs> nuclear sap. I'm going to give this one to Biolante all the way. Just those gigantic Venus flytrap-like jaws. We're going to eat that bug. Not to mention, <laughs> Biolante can pretty much attack Mothra from very far away with those tentacle arms. 
I would normally agree with Sane on this. I'm a, you know, I think Biolante's always got an advantage, except I think Mothra in this case might just have the intelligence to not get sucked into that trap. Mothra does have an intelligent mind in this iteration, but I gotta say, the beam weapon is not there. Mothra in this particular <laughs> incarnation doesn't have any sort of ranged attack except for those pellets. And I don't think those are going to hurt the hide Biolante too much. She gets close. Biolante is just going to clobber her. That's true. That's, That's true. true. She does have the flight where she can get away fairly quickly. She can fly up and fly around away from those tentacle arms. Biolante's um, got at least but, six tentacle arms. Now. Yeah, I think. And I think the, the height alone. Yeah, and she can launch out those uh, acid sap yeah. things. Yeah. That, and you the know, spike tendrils. Can Let's go not forget those. <laughs> yeah, I think we're pretty much looking at a loss think, for Mothra. Yeah, I feel exactly. like she's going to get her yeah. wings pulled off like a sadistic ten-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, El Jefe. Biolante is declared the winner of this particular round. Moving on to our next one. Mecha King Ghidra fighting against Mega Gyrus. This is going to be an intense battle between these two monsters. Mega Gyrus has that massive stinger that does a huge amount of damage, but it's essentially fighting against a cyborg. I don't know how much damage you can do against a robot just with a stinger. And a cyborg that's 150 meters tall. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> way, way outclassed. I think I can't see Mega Gyrus winning this one. But without that human pilot, it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm leaning on this one, I think. Even with the height difference, Mega Gyrus flies in, sticks that stinger right through the cockpit, kills out all the pilots inside <laughs> Mega Gyrus. Now, we don't know what kind of future tech is inside of Mecha King Ghidra, but don't forget, Mecha King Ghidra had the M11 brain inside, too. Mm, and the giant true. grappling claw. And the massive, massive claw that came out yeah, of its belly. True. I mean, in terms of weapons and ranged attack and melee attack, Mega Gyrus would be able to do more damage up close and personal, but Mecha King Ghidra has the reach. And also, now his Oh, please go ahead. And, and now has gained control over that. At least the center head has control. <laughs> we Who knows what's happening with the other two? But, you know, he finally figured something out to uh, make it happen. Mega Gears oh. also has all its offspring act as a cloud or shield mm -hmm. against all those gravity beams. I don't think that's going to really do too much, though. To be pretty swarming. Still electrify a swarm of those. I they mean, do <laughs> tend to drain power from their victims. That is true. <laughs> what what kind of power necessarily are, are they going to be able to drain from a future version? Oh my God, you guys! What if they were able to drain future tech power from Mecha King Ghidra and then give that power to Mega Gyrus? But Mecha oh my, <laughs> Brian's <laughs> brain is just. Going to be a puddle of nothing at the Time end of the episode. Time travel just befuddles me. <laughs> Mecha King Ghidra was created from the remnants of Ghidra that was a fused creature by virtue of nuclear power. We know that Mega Neuron feeds on <laughs> nuclear power. Could that is easily true. Easily, absolutely, true. Rob Mecha King Ghidra of a lot of energy. Well, you've given me a lot to think about, Sane. I got to hear what what Charles has to say about this. Yeah, though. I think I think this is a case of Mega Curious uh, finding his way to a, a bug zapper here. He, he's he's going to be out of commission. Maybe that is one of the powers that we don't know about from Mecha King Ghidra. I think this is pretty much going to be almost a, a draw here. What do you think, Brian? I'm Love going Final Mega Falls. I'm Mega going Mega Gyrus. I'm going Mecha King Ghidra. Okay. 
and your Mecha King Ghidra. Mecha King Ghidra. Mega Yura seems to have some intelligence there. All right. They so, might be able to outsmart those three heads. As much as I would like Mega Yuras to win, just from the villainy alone, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I think Mecha King Ghidra is going to be the victor. All the tech, all the power, and that robotic brain. Yeah. I think it's just going to be too much for Mecha, uh, Mecha Gearus. While it's going to be a close fight, Mecha King Ghidra is the winner there. Moving on to our next battle, Batara versus Kiryu Mechagodzilla. The 2002 and 2003 upgrade, of course, for Mechagodzilla, fighting against one of the biggest Showa monsters in its larval form, Batralarva. Heisei. Did I say Showa? Yeah. We all know you meant Heisei. Yeah. I said (laughs) one of the biggest Heisei monsters (laughs) in its larval form, (laughs) Batralarva. Saying, how do you predict Batra is going to fare against Kiryu? Well, we've got easily a, what, 100-meter monster versus a 55-meter monster? Plus, Batra is quite literally like its name, a battering ram. I think she'll slam right through that robot Godzilla. Well, you can definitely tell Batra's going to do a lot of damage with that massive horn, those tusks, and just spikes after spikes after spikes. I can't see Kiryu being able to overcome the size alone. Brian, are you a fan of Kiryu? Do you like that monster for its heroic I do, Iconic yeah. Status. I do like that about Kiryu, and I just think from a weapon standpoint, he's too loaded. He's just going to defeat Batra with all those missiles, all those weapons. Yeah, I, I have this exactly it. He's just so he's he's war machine. He's he's <laughs> gonna he's gonna take this bat down. That's well, true. as much human made metal it, armor it, as knows. Kiryu has, I would say. That's a lot to get through. The armor of Batra is a lot to get through. I'm just not going to give it up. (laughs) (laughs) We would have to see how the absolute zero cannon would handle Batra. Well, we know Batra can survive under molten lava. lava. So I would say if Batra can survive under lava, probably can do okay with freezing cold temperatures. Batra made it through an ice age, you guys. That's true. That is very (laughs) true. That's a good point. And Again, was- those prism beam eyes cause quite a deterrent to any monster that's attacking. I think it's just no contest. I mean, Batra's got two forms. But we haven't even yeah. tackled the flying form. Let's talk about Kiryu mm-hmm. Mechagodzilla. I've been talking too much about this, which is clearly one of my favorite opponents in the entire round. Kiryu Mechagodzilla is pretty damn powerful, though. Two incarnations pretty much beat Godzilla twice, with some help, of course. But, I mean, this is a pretty intense robot designed to fight giant monsters. We didn't get to see mm-hmm. Kiryu battle anything else aside from Godzilla, but I think Kiryu could do some significant damage against my precious Batra. I think so. I mean, who knows what they put in those missiles on his fingers? I mean, he can fire out anything that could once they figure out what will melt or destroy Batra. I mean, they can just Fire out <laughs> nuclear missiles if they wanted to. I mean, whatever's so you're, de- you're determining this fight based on human ingenuity. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I think humans are powerful. I think that they can destroy um, not only this world, but they can destroy Batra, too. <laughs> There's a possible tipping factor of the original bones of Godzilla being inside Kiru as well. Yeah, because oh, that's right. a ferocious monster. Yeah. Well, My and- God, anything could happen here. All right. I think it's time for us to call in our votes. Who's calling Batra in this particular one? I say Batra. I'm going to go Batra, too, because uh, once Rachel brought up the human factor, 
I think that's where you lose. I think Batra <laughs> nice. will defeat humanity. All right. Well, regardless of how Charles and uh, Rachel are going to vote here, we definitely have a three versus the lesser. So yeah. Well, you've convinced me about Batra. All right. <laughs> I'm going to hold still. I hold with uh, Kiryu here. All right. All right. All right. All right. We got to what one, you say. Four to one loss against <laughs> Kiryu Mechagodzilla. So that takes us to our next battle: Orga versus. Godzilla 1998, a.k.a. Zilla, since we're doing both Heisei and Millennium series. So this is the Final Wars version of Zilla, not the one that consumed too many fish in the 1988 Broderick <laughs> film. This is uh, another crazy battle. We're talking about an alien monster versus a very Earth-bound monster that maybe is some sort of iguana kind of thing. I don't know. Sane? <laughs> How's the alien going to fare against this uh, terrestrial being? Well, we've got huge size difference again. That is true. That we is true. We've got a 90-meter Gino or Zilla versus the 55-60 meter Orga. But Orga has those giant strangling hands. And uh, what we haven't noticed with Gino or Zilla is any kind of strong hide or resistance or regenerative ability. No grappling ability either with and, those tiny, tiny arms. And with uh, Orga, we do have a creature that absorbs other beings. So he could easily take the best attributes from Gino and turn it back on himself. My God, what kind of nightmare monster would that create, Brian? <laughs> uh, well, I agree. Alien technology here is just going to take this one away from Gino. Uh, Orga will absorb him and become a new and crazy looking orga and it'll be fantastic and incite even more fan hatred yes <laughs> <laughs> charles how do you think this fight's gonna go the, man this is this is not gonna go well for uh, gino or zilla or whatever we want to call him he's nothing more than a t-rex he's just an animal he's he doesn't have the alien technology and the intelligence behind it yeah i would say the intelligence that we thought he was going to display in the 1998 film definitely would be trumped by Orga's alien intelligence. Because obviously we're talking about an entire alien race that's been programmed into this one alien. Rachel, do you think Gino has a chance here? I don't think so. I think a chihuahua can take him down. So <laughs> and has. Hands down, Orga beating the much larger version of Zilla. I gotta say, I'm okay with that result. Orga is the winner. <laughs> Next up, Mothra 92 versus the Muto male. Now, that is the smaller winged version. We're talking about a queen kaiju versus actually what I would probably say an evenly matched battle here. The Muto male, while smaller than the female, I don't think really is going to be able to hold up for too long against Mothra. It's funny. you got two flying monsters here. We've typically had... Monster on the ground versus monster in the air. Now you've got two aerial battle monsters fighting against each other, roughly about the same size, roughly about the same match, I think. So what do you think is going to happen, Brian? Well, I think Mothra 92 has a little bit of an advantage. She has pollen that can uh, entrap the Muto, perhaps. That's true. The, also, we're talking about the Heisei Mothra. Mothra also has many beams, beams where right. those were not prevalent in the Showa era. And the Muto, as far as we know, no beams. Does have its uh, pulse, though. It's an EMP pulse, but oh, it does seem right, to cause right, some yes, damage yes. just physically, just from its sheer power. I wonder what kind of effect that would have on the Heisei Mothra, you guys. Is that going to cause damage to maybe her light-up eyes or anything? Hmm, <laughs> that's possible. We could have a blind battle here. Ooh. <laughs> Interesting. 
Although I think her antenna would sense uh, the location of the Muto fairly quickly, and she'd be able to zoom right in and uh, beam him out of the sky. It's really too bad that Jeff isn't here to give his advice on how to uh, call this match. What well, do you think, Charles? you know, Mothra has experience, and you should never underestimate a woman with experience. Okay. Nice! This is going to be tough, because one is a creature that predates the dinosaurs, technically. Technically one speaking, yes. One that lives solely off nuclear energy, much like Godzilla, has very very powerful, sharp front limbs that it pierces with a deadly beak. Yep, yep. Mothra, although having its pollen attack and its beams, she might not fare too well against a slightly smaller, more agile creature you that know, can pierce her body. If the Muto can get a hold of Mothra, she might be done for. The big upset would be if she could use her pollen attack, which does cause like a disruption of radioactivity, which is what the Mutos live off of. Oh, that's right. Excellent point, sir. Excellent so point. So this one's really split down the middle. I'm going to have to flip a coin on this one, and I'd almost give it to Mothra. I normally wouldn't want to say that. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think Mothra's got this lock strictly just from experience alone. Mothra. Mothra. She is a god, Mothra. technically. All right. So it sounds yeah. like yeah. Jeff's going to be pretty happy once again. Mothra is the winner. And that takes us to our next battle. Mechagodzilla 93 versus Space Godzilla. Interesting question to pose to the panel here. Mechagodzilla was built before Mogera. Mogera was completely trashed by Space Godzilla. How would Mechagodzilla fare against this beast from outer space? Well, I would say that the one advantage that Mechagodzilla has is it is more mobile than Mulgara. That's true. This is a monster that can actually grapple, walk. Something the Space Godzilla can't do. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, if using the same technology to bring down Godzilla that uh, was to use on Space Godzilla, it might be able to hinder or destroy that secondary brain, paralyzing Space Godzilla. You make another excellent point, Zane. Once again, so glad you're here, man, because Space Godzilla is essentially a black hole, as we were told, version of Godzilla. And if you're going to have a battle between Godzilla... And Mechagodzilla from 1993, we clearly saw Mechagodzilla almost win. I'm going to have to say, unless Space Godzilla pulls out one of its weird magic tricks, literal <laughs> magic tricks, Mechagodzilla is just the winner of this match. What do you think, Brian? I agree. It's a knockdown drag out again. But uh, at the end of the day, Mechagodzilla is still standing. Rachel. I don't know. I mean, you said that Space Godzilla defeated Mogura, and I'm kind of thinking that the tech just isn't there, and Space Godzilla is just going to annihilate. Yeah, but sometimes it's about who's behind that tech. I think Mm, this is a situation where the tech might win. Could be. Could be. To me, it all comes down to whether or not Garuda would be compatible with uh, Mechagodzilla to fight against Space Godzilla. I feel if allowed to use that giant flying fortress, it might actually be able to conquer Space Godzilla, but without it. He's got a lot of advantages over this mechanical beast that needs a human pilot. It sounds like we've got Mechagodzilla as the winner here. Pretty much. All right, so Mechagodzilla wins. And that takes us to our final battle in the Heisei Millennium region, Destroya versus the female Muto. Size-wise, we're talking sort of about the same size. Destroya is huge. Massive, massive monster. I don't really know how this battle is going to go, but I bet it's going to be violent and sharp and painful. I agree. I mean, think of all of the uh, transformations that Destroya goes through and gets to this 
crazy insane point where just absolutely vicious creature that can just completely destroy the female Mutu. I mean, there's no question about it. Plus, what kind of effect is Destroyer's oxygen destroyer base going to have on that nuclear Mutu? I mean, this is almost Mm -hmm. like a Godzilla versus Destroyer kind of situation. Destroyer could be doing damage to the monster without even meaning to. Yeah, I think so. It's hard to say what that micro-oxygen beam would do against the Mutu. True, true. The one thing that uh, always has hindered Destroyer, though, is a lack of mobility. That creature does not move, which we've seen the female Mutu being highly agile, extremely powerful, with those incredibly long, sharp, multi-limbed attacks. Yeah, and you know, we're really only talking about Destroyer being about 50 feet taller than Muto. Which isn't much. Not much, especially when you've got that brute force. I mean, that's one of the most impressive things about the female Muto, in my opinion, was the sheer size and those arms looked really muscular. You know, maybe if those hooked Gigan-like claws could get a hold of Destroya and work their way in between his armored plates, we could see some real damage there. Well, he does have a soft spot right in the center. We know that. Godzilla's <laughs> claws did tear right through it. That's right. It opened up like a orchid, a death <laughs> orchid. So uh, let's let's make a call here. What do you think? <clears throat> well, you know, Destroya nearly killed the Godzilla, but Godzilla killed the Muto female. So I think Destroya would be able to kill the Muto female. Okay, so we've got one call for Destroya. I'm going to go Destroya. I'm going to go Destroya, too. I'm going to say female Mudo, actually. All right. Although I'm in a losing side. (laughs) Well, I would love for Destroya to win because, once again, another favorite in design. But, unfortunately, uh, in the long run, Destroya didn't have too much destruction power when it came to defeating its singular opponent. Little tiny opponent, sure. If, If we're talking about the female Muto being... Half its size, I would say destroy a no problem. But because they're so evenly matched, I'm actually going to go inside with the uh, with the female Muto. Unfortunately, though, that is still three to destroy a two against. So destroy is the winner. And we are going to be moving on to the next region. That region is the non-Toho region. This was created specifically to include other monsters that aren't part of the general milieu of uh, of kaiju movies that we talk about here on the podcast. They are Leatherback versus Ultraman for our first battle. Leatherback. This bad boy here, who I'm not pointing to, but I'm pointing <laughs> right behind him. From Pacific Rim, it's a massive creature versus Ultraman, who, unfortunately, not so big, but he might make up for it in Moxie. What do you think, Brian? Oh, it's definitely Ultraman. He's got all the weapons on his side. I think Leatherback will use his EMP pulse to uh, knock out Ultraman's power, but even with a few seconds left of power, we've seen that Ultraman can triumph, so this is Ultraman all the way. All right, Rachel, what do you say? Are you going to side with the hero from M78? I'm a big fan of Ultraman, and so I feel obligated to side with him, even though I'm also a really big fan of Leatherback, because I love my ape creatures. Um, However, I think... It is all about Ultraman's beam. He's got that beam he can just... Spacium ray? Spacium ray. Yeah, where he can just cut Leatherback right in half. All right. Charles, what do you think, man? Do you think Ultraman's going to be able to beat Leatherback? Well, based on statistics alone, I think so. I don't think the EMP is going to have much effect on Ultraman not being a robot. So I think his beam 
will absolutely be to his advantage and uh, take down Leatherback. I have to agree, even though that I think that Leatherback probably has the size and the strength to tear Ultraman limb from limb. I don't think he'll ever get the chance because Ultraman is just too smart and too fast, and he's got a lot of beam weapons. He's definitely got a lot of moves, as we talked about other uh, opponents having, and I he's, think I think I'm probably going to agree with you. Yeah, man. he's definitely attacked larger opponents and triumphed. So I think that's a hands down lock for Ultraman winning the first round. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and move on to another Pacific Rim set. Actually, two Pacific Rim kaiju, which is different from what we're normally seeing with these guys. <laughs> Knifehead versus Otachi. For those who haven't seen Pacific Rim a million times like I have, Knifehead did a lot of damage to Gypsy Danger that Otachi was not able to do. But that was with two separate pilot sets. Unfortunately, uh, let's say for Knifehead, I don't think he's got the gimmicks to get him the win here. Otachi has acidic spit, I guess you could say. Giant claws, the ability to sprout wings, the tail with the big snapper thing on it. I just can't see Knifehead with his attack weapons being his hands, his mouth, and his Knifehead winning against Otachi. There's one scenario I could see this being a big upset for Otachi, and that's if Knifehead actually was able to slice Otachi in half with his head. That's true. And uh, let us not forget that Otachi is pregnant, and you don't mess with pregnant women. <laughs> so, you know, those hormones are going to take over, and Otachi's just going to fight for everything, for the life of the baby, for the life of herself, and she's not going to let anybody take her down. So you're pro-Otachi? Yeah, I'm pro-Otachi. Okay, what oh, do you yeah. think, Zane? I want to yeah. say, just by virtue of their own scaling system, I think Otachi's probably got the win. So we're talking about two different classes, but they're just one off from each other. I mean, Knifehead was one of the last kaiju we saw up here in the Category 3 range before we started seeing Category 4 kaiju show up in Pacific Rim. I have to side with Otachi. I do as well. What did you about you, Charles? Yeah, I think Otachi. I think Otachi's going to take Knifehead's head right off and turn him into sushi. Nice, nice. Kaiju yeah. sushi. I've been wanting that for some time. <laughs> Brian, I'm definitely Rachel? going Otachi. Oh, yeah, Otachi. All right, Otachi for the win for this round. And that takes us to our next battle, which is going to be kind of funny. <laughs> Bolton versus Gauss. Now, Bolton and Gauss, those are some two bizarre kaiju from the universes of Ultraman and Gamera. I don't know that I've ever even considered them battling each other before tonight. Bolton has some tricks up his sleeve. Gauss just has some beam effects and is kind of vicious. What do you think is going to happen there, Rachel? Oh, man, Bolton all the way. He can duplicate himself and create an entire army to fight against Gauss just with himself. I mean, so sheer just, numbers versus oh, yeah. brute strength. Yeah, strength and viciousness. I agree. Yeah. What do yeah. you think, Brian? Yep. Alien intelligence of Bolton. I think that trumps out Gaios big time. Bolton versus Gauss. Is there any chance... For the flat top pterodactyl monster. Depends on if it's night or day. Gauss is a little stronger at night. Yes. Good point, mm. good point. And his sonic beam weapon can cut through a lot of things. It might be able to slice right through Baltan's claws. It's an exoskeleton. We have a size issue here. We don't know what the size difference is. Let's see. Which does seem to play very heavily into the abilities <laughs> of these creatures. That is true. So it looks like Gauss is 65 meters and Bolton tops out at his giant form at 50 meters tall. So I would agree with you there. Gauss definitely has the size over Bolton. What say you, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think Bolton should be renamed Clamps. <laughs> My Clamps! The Clamps! But I'm going to lean towards Cows. Okay. I think I think he's got just in the size advantage alone. Just in the size advantage, and maybe just because he's uh, more of a primal beast from this earth. Some sort of territorial thing. He's pretty evil. Final calls? Bolton. 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 <laughs> Gauss. 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 Ooh, You're the tiebreaker. I'm the tiebreaker. I have to say, as much as uh, I would like to see Gauss win just from a territorial Earth standpoint, Earth versus the alien standpoint, Bolton's alien intelligence, I think, is going to win out, and Bolton is going to be the winner there. Plus, you know, maybe we'll see Bolton fight Ultraman, and, you know, that always, <laughs> oh, always yeah. is a crowd pleaser. I always dig that. <laughs> so, uh, with a three to two margin there, I don't know if that's what you say, but three to two, Bolton wins against Gauss. And our next battle is going to be quite the bloodbath. <laughs> <laughs> the category five king of the kaiju, in name only, Slattern. Versus Big Man Japan. <laughs> Big Man Japan, Dai Nippon, as he was called in the movie, really doesn't have a lot going for him. The only reason he's even here in this competition is because he sent in his application. <laughs> he does have his war stick, though. <laughs> he does. He I does. think, unfortunately, just due to size, I mean, Slatherin's gonna pick up Big Man Japan and dip him in panko breading, deep fry him, and eat him in a rocket roll. Dip him in that in that breach and yep. toast him up. Yep. Yeah, I don't think Big Man Japan has anything going for him, but I'm open to uh, other interpretations. What do you think, Rachel? Well, I think that he could have comedy on his side where uh, Slattern could just start laughing and that could be his <laughs> vulnerability there, where he could sneak in a uh, stick attack um, while Slattern is off laughing and that could um, be Slattern's demise, but I'm afraid that Slattern's smarter than that. Yeah, unfortunately for Big Man work. Japan, that type of Japanese comedy doesn't translate well to other universes. Right. So Slattern's not going to find it funny at all. Find that yeah. thing is funny. <laughs> Neither do beings from this planet sometimes. <laughs> Brian, do you have anything to add about this particular battle? Yeah, it's all Slattern on this one. Big Man Japan is just, he's going to wallow in his own depression and he's not going to be able to focus on beating such a big foe. I'm pretty sure Big Man Japan is going to go home trying to hold up his little purple diaper if he even survives the match. <laughs> <laughs> we've got to remember, we've got a beast here that, that rivals the 2014 Godzilla inside. That's true. That's true. I think it's pretty much all over for Big Man Japan. And that takes us to our next bout, Legion versus Gappa, the Trifibian monster. And you're absolutely right. I'm trying to make Gappa sound a little more badass because I can't see that monster winning against the massively powerful Legion. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, in, in terms of coolness of the design alone, Gappa loses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even Legion gets all the cool even, points. Before yeah. you even put Gappa up against Legion, Gappa loses. But yes, once it's up against Legion, there's just no contest in terms of design. Gappa's mm -hmm. going to be a chicken dinner. <laughs> as, as much as I would say that I I actually love the Gappa design, I would say it's probably superior in a lot of ways to the Legion design. Uh, yeah, there's simply no way that this uh, little beast is going to survive, even with his help from his mom and papa. That's right. It's going to be a family affair for maybe about a minute, and then <laughs> Legion's just going to win. There's going to be a massive explosion in whatever South Pacific <laughs> island they're on. And that's going to be the end of Gappa. 
Oh, that brings us to our next one. Daimajin against Raiga. Raiga, you know, it's hard to describe what Raiga is. He's an aquatic amphibious monster, very much like your typical Godzilla-style kaiju. And of course, we all know Daimajin is a giant stone idol come to life with a demon trapped inside. Pretty much just acts upon vengeance-related motivation here. So how could this battle even take place? That doesn't matter. What matters is who's going to win. Raiga has, I think, the beam weapon thing going for him, but Daimajin can essentially reform himself after being obliterated. They had tried to destroy him with bombs. They just tried to destroy him with dynamite. They tried to destroy him with guns. They tried to destroy him with a giant hammer and spike to the head. Nothing could kill Daimajin. I'm really not sure that Raiga has what it takes to beat this demon god. Yeah, Damagene has uh, durability on his side. Durability, that's a great way to put it. The yeah. key word here is God. He is a God. <laughs> yeah, he, he can never truly mm-hmm. be defeated, even if his avatar or mortal body is destroyed. And he's filled with wrath. And it looks like he has a lot more experience than Raga does. Raga has ex- exactly one <laughs> monster experience yeah. at, at this particular point. Mm-hmm. Sequel coming out later this year that might change the effects of next year's Monster Match Madness. Uh, But it sounds to me like everybody's siding with the uh, hideous idol Daimajin for this one. I think that's a lock as well. Mm -hmm. And that takes us to our next to last battle in this round. Iris versus Ultra 7. Now, we have a pretty major size difference here. Iris tops out at 99 meters when Ultra 7 maxes his height at about 40. That's a massive difference, and I cannot see him winning this despite his crazy weapons. Ultra 7 is the kind of guy that will slice a monster in half, but Iris is pretty brutal with all those tentacles. Can Ultra 7 pull this out? Brian. I believe so. I believe in Ultra 7. I think that the beams, his fin on his head that he can use to do some chopping action on those tentacles, I think it's going to be a tough fight, but I'm thinking it's Ultra 7. If it was a long battle, I think I would actually side with Ultra 7 on this. He could whittle down his opponent, literally. I think Iris is going to stomp him in the first attack. I mean, I think it's just going to come right down. Those tentacles are going to go right through his body. I mean, nothing's going to stop Iris in this one. Wow, wow, wow. Very strong proponent for mm-hmm. Iris there. Charles, have you, do you have any feelings about Ultra 7 versus Iris? Well, you know, I've seen Hercules take down Hydra. Size doesn't always matter. However, I don't know if Ultra 7 is quite powerful enough to take out something this big. It comes down to whether or not he'll be leeching off the powers of Ultra 7 and turning him against it. If that's the case, then I'm afraid this is a closeout. This guy's got it all over <laughs> Ultra 7. Ultra 7, it's one of those problems where I haven't ever actually seen the entire series, so I don't know all of the stops that Ultra 7 has to pull out, but I don't know if he could actually beat a monster over twice his size and in a life-or-death situation. Would Ultra 7 be able to win final votes? Ultra, Ultra 7? 7. Iris. 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 Ooh. Mm. So sorry, Ultra 7. Even if I was to vote for you, you'd still lose in this round. (laughs) And our final battle, which I'm very sorry that Dave is not here for. Final battle of the night, Gamera versus Death Kappa. I'm not even going to say anything. Let's hear what Rachel has to say on this. Death Kappa is totally going down. <laughs> uh, look at that little cup on top of his head. If that just loses its water, he's done for. 
I mean, it doesn't take much. Hand camera, a sponge, and it's just done. I it's mean, done. it's over. <laughs> Death Kappa really only has his sumo abilities going for him. He's a scrapper, and that's all he's really got going yeah. on. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this scene? Oh, uh, where to begin? We do have a monster of folklore versus a literal super monster. The yeah. guardian of the universe, yes. I'm afraid that this is always going to come down to the fact that we've got the guardian of the universe, and he will not be taken down by virtually anybody. Charles, have you had any thoughts on this particular match? This would be like a Ninja Turtle fighting Krang without his cyber armor. <laughs> <laughs> so, a short squishy deadly battle there you go okay all right so hands down i think camera wins this particular round wow that has been quite the uh experience this whole first monster march madness round i can't wait to see what comes up in our second attempt where we see some very classic monsters fighting off against each other and i hope you're along for the ride thanks to everybody who submitted their brackets we'll be talking a little bit more about these battles in the next episode and we're going to go ahead and close out the show with one final song and i'm not even going to do the final ending spiel for all this stuff because you want to tune into the next episode immediately jamata